Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you again. Father, thank you. Receive all the glory and praise and honor. Father, be glorified in the rest of the service as we continue to worship you and honor you. Father, as we, as we look at your word and the message I believe that you've given to us, Father, I pray that you would just be, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to each and every one of us right where we are, right where we are. In Jesus' name, we, we give our hearts, our minds, all that we are in this moment to you, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Lead and guide us, Holy Spirit. Let us leave here with some, a, a new truth, something, Father, that makes a difference on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Happy New Year, everybody. You know, um, <laughs> I've, been, I, I've, I've struggled because there are so many things that I'd like to say, and, and you, know, you know how I've been kind of open with you all, maybe to a fault, and telling you that there's so many times where, you know, the Lord is ministering and I'm hearing, but sometimes it's, you know, discerning what's for me, what's for the small group, and what's for everybody, so what's for my family, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I've never really been big on um, New Year's resolutions because New Year's resolutions don't last very long. You know, you, usually it's, it's sometimes, it, you know, and I think if you look, uh, I, I can't remember what page or uh, what, what are the news feeds or something online, it'll say, it'll say something like the 10... Um, most popular New Year's resolutions or something like that. And, if you, and I read through one of the lists and I couldn't... Some of the things that I read, you know, uh, they have value, you know, lose weight or whatever. I've done that several times in my life and I'm still pudgy. But, you know, did it... Noodle. It wasn't that funny. But no, but, but think about this. There has to be a changing of the mind. There has to be a changing of the heart. There, there has to be a change in you that changes a behavior or makes something so drastic in you that you want to do something different and you stick to it. You have to, there's something that, you know, the life has to change. Something has to change. It can't be just something that's frivolous. That's why I stay away from that. I'm going to make this, pl- I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, are you? If you haven't done it up till now, what is going to make the difference now? Are you there? See, that's why we're here right now. And that's why the Lord speaks to us because there's something that He wants to give us that can truly make the difference. Are you with me? All right, so then hopefully, Lord, I pray that this will make the difference. I'm going to begin reading straight from the Bible. I'm going to be in Genesis chapter 17. Just going to read a handful of scriptures. Please stay with me. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me, be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. See, most noteworthy, we knew that this was already stated to Abram, but now God appears to him again and, and restates the covenant to him. But then further down in that chapter, in verse 15, it says, Then God said to Abram, Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. I will give you a son by her. Very important, right? Then I will bless her 
and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings and peoples shall be from her. Not from her surrogate, from her. Amen. Very, very... See, Abram, we all know this, and I know that... Please, forgive me in this sense. I know that some of these things that you already know, you already know Abraham was Abram before that. But my hope and my prayer is that this is for here and now. Even though you've been in the Scriptures for your, a long time, you, you know, it seems like your whole life, and you've heard this story preached from or you've read it yourself time and time again, but please give the Holy Spirit His way this morning. Please. Abram to Abraham. Abram, high father. To Abraham, father of multitudes. Difference? Sure, difference. Sarai, S-A-R-A-I, to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. Difference? Yeah, Sarai means diminutive. And Sarah means the queen, a woman of nobility, the princess, a noble woman. See, difference. God changed the name because there was something He was doing. He had, a, he had a purpose and He had a plan for them. And the change of the name noted exactly what He was going to do with them. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. So we know that um, the promised son came from Sarah. 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 His name was Isaac. But before that, it was God was taken too long. There already was a son named Ishmael. But when, I, when God pronounced this, if you continue in this, God says that she is going to give birth. And, and Abraham laughs. See, everybody uh, remembers the part when uh, God appeared at the uh, tent, and when he was at the door of his tent, and God said, next year at this time, she's going to give birth. And she laughed in herself. Remember that? Everybody remembers that Sarah laughed. But Abraham laughed first. When God spoke to Abraham, Abraham laughed. And God said, yeah, it's going to happen, all right. And you're going to call his name Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. See, there's, there's something about these names that God is saying, this is how it's going to be. This is the purpose. This is what I called you to. This is what I'm saying about you. I'm calling you a name. I'm calling you by name because my name for you tells people exactly what my plan is. My plan involves something way beyond what you name yourself, what you call yourself, what you've planned for yourself or what others have planned for you. I'm going to call you by a different name. So Isaac grows and it's time for him to have a wife. His wife is Rebecca. Rebecca, that means um, like chained or fettered. Does it fit? Yeah, she, she, she could fit. But so now Isaac uh, and Rebecca, uh, they conceive, and I'm going to pick that up in Genesis 25, verse 24. So when her days, Rebecca, were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. <laughs> Poor kid. So they called his name Esau. Why? Because Esau describes how he looked. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Why Jacob? Because Jacob means supplanter or supplant or the the heel catcher. It means a little more than that. Now let me ask y'all something. 
Now, those of us who were together on Wednesday, you know, we, we said, what does Christian, a mature Christian faith look like? And we, we discussed that. But now, let's, this, this question may be just a little bit different for everyone. If, my brothers and sisters, if someone was going to call you by name right now, according to your character or characteristics, what would the name be? No, no, no volunteers? Would it be... Um, Sits on the couch. <laughs> Remember that movie, that Kevin Costner movie, Dances with Wolves? Remember how he got that name? The Indians gave him a name, and the name translated to English was Dances with Wolves because when they came up on him, he was messing around with that wolf friend that he had, that wolf, and he was, and they, well, they named him Dances with Wolves. They had the, the woman that he ended up marrying, do you, do you remember what her name was? Her Indian name was Stands with Fist. Why? Because they looked at her, I guess she stood with fists. So they gave her the Indian name, Stands with Fists. So now, likewise, what would your name be right now if someone came up on you, if someone was around you, someone, what would your name be? Sits on a couch. King of ice cream. What? Worry Wart. There's one. There's one. Worries a lot. Uh, wh- wh- come on. Volunteer. Too tall. Too tall. <laughs> Good one. Right? You know, it, it, are, you, are, you, are you following? Or is this tracking with you? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, there may be... How about this? Angry all the time. Shouts a lot. Come on. Unhappy. Come on. Lover of self. Lover of things. Lover of things. Are you, are you tracking? Is this tracking with you? You see? What would the name be you know, if you were to be named right now? Man, if, you know, look, don't answer right now. Please, don't answer. But serious, take this seriously. Where you are right now, take just a moment. I'm going to give you a minute. Think about where you are right now and to the people around you. Come on. Nags a lot. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Think, think, think. But just take a moment. Just take a moment. Seriously consider what name would you be called right now? But we'll have a time at the end of the service so that we can straighten all of that out. But, but, but seriously, I want, I want you to think. Amen. All right, we'll just think about it. Think about it. And I know if, you're, if we're comparing ourselves with what we should be in Christ, there may be some things that we need to clear up. There may be some names that we might be called that Amen? Amen? So Jacob was called Jacob for that reason. But it started even before that. Because remember, during Rebecca's pregnancy, there was something going on in there. And she sought the Lord over it. 
And the Lord told her exactly what was going on. Inside of you, there are two nations. There are two different groups of people. And he, said, he prophesied. God told her exactly. One strong. And the, the younger, the older is going to serve the younger. But even from that womb, Jacob was trying to get ahead of Esau. He didn't want to be the younger. He didn't want that place, evidently, that he was... His perception was that he was called to. Think about that for a moment. Because even though he was the younger, God had already had determined that the older was going to serve the younger. God had already determined that. But they called him by that name. They called him by that name. Heel catcher, supplanter. You know, that name also, deceiver. See, when you supplanter, to take the place of another as through force, scheming, strategy, or likewise. So it could be said also, Deceiver, deception. He wanted to short-circuit the plan of God. He who? Jacob. Because, listen, even as a child coming out of the womb, he was trying to, to, to catch his heel so he could come out first. He was trying to catch the, the heel of his brother. But then we know what happened also. There were two times where he used deception, or actually one time where he deceived his father, but one time he played on his brother's flesh. When his brother comes in after working hard and he feels like he's going to starve to death, I just and he's cooking the stew like it wasn't planned. And he says, give me some of that stew. Give me your birthright. Give me your birthright, you get the stew. And then later on when it was time, when, when Isaac, was his, his, was his eyes were dim and he didn't maybe have long on the earth, Rebecca and Jacob schemed so they could fool Isaac into giving Jacob, the blessing. And it worked. They did it. I don't, I can't, I don't want to read the whole story to you nor pronounce the whole story to you, but you know what happens is when, once that happens, once all that takes place, was it smooth sailing for Jacob for the rest of his life? Now he's living in this blessing. No. His brother hated him. And, and his brother, if he had the chance, he was going to break him in too. And Rebecca knew it. And so she says, you need to go and go to my cousins. Go, go out this way. Go that way where I have some, we have some relatives out there. Go, go stay with the kin. Right? So he does. He, Jacob, he does. And when he, when he goes, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some skills. He's still the son of Isaac. He still has some residual blessing. And he has some skills. And he meets up with Laban. He makes him a very rich man. And he's laboring, he's working. And he falls in love with Laban's daughter, Rachel. And he wants to marry Rachel. And so Laban says, you work for seven years, you get my daughter. After the seven years, we know what happens. Jacob wants to get paid up. And the one who was the supplanter, the one who used deception, was deceived. You reap what you sow. 
And so Laban deceived him. And on his wedding night, he gets with who he thinks is Rachel, but it's actually the older daughter, Leah. You tricked me. I, he, oh my. Okay, work for another seven years, and then you get Rachel. So he does. And now he is just absolutely, just he's being blessed to the Lord. And Laban recognizes that this blessing is because of God. So he wants to, he loves this guy. He, he's making him a very rich and wealthy man. But now, um, Jacob, I want my own. I want my own house. I want my own, my, my, you know, this is my family, my kids. They start having babies. They, you know, they're multiplying, you know, with both Rachel and Leah. There's more, uh, you know, obviously details to the story, but for the purposes today, my brothers and sisters, he gets to this point where now all of a sudden, um, the brothers, his brothers-in-law, see that, man, this guy right here is getting rich off of our father. When in fact, he was making the father rich. But the brothers look at him and they're resenting him and then they get to the father and then Jacob sees that Laban's countenance toward him changes a little bit. Something's up. You know, I I caught a little bit of that glare. I caught the face is changed. They don't look at me the same way. Something's up. You know what? I need to just get back. I need to just get back. And then the Lord does minister to him. And the Lord says to him, you need to go back to your home country. And then he works at getting back there. He, gets, he meets with Leah and Rachel and he says, this is what we have to do. And so they start to do it. And when they do it, Laban becomes very angry when he hears that, they're, that you know, they're going off. But he's in a very tough spot. Who? Jacob. He's in a very tough spot. He's caught in between. He's caught in between his brother who hates him. He's caught in between now his in-laws that, <laughs> that hate him. So now he's in between. But he's got to leave here and he's got to take his chances going back there. The Lord told him to go back there. And then even when he was on the way, he, the angels appeared before him. Remember at Men, Menahem, Menahem? Right? The angels camped and it was as if they were letting him know this is what you're supposed to be doing. C- you know, continue going this way. So, so my brothers and sisters, all this to say, he's not, a, his brother hates him. He's, he's heading to this and he's running from that but he's in between. Why? How did he get here? He, he tried to short circuit the situation, man. He tried to do something that, that, you know, God had already determined that this, you are going to be the one. But he figured he was going to do it his way. So, he actually does come to some kind of an agreement with his father-in-law. And, and you know, they settle and he's able to go now. And so now as he continues to go, we know the story. He sends, uh, he's, he's worried about his brother. His brother's heading toward him with 400 men and he's worried about his brother. So he starts sending messengers and gifts ahead of him. And they go and they cross the brook and they're, they're going into this land. And so then he sends his family, when, he sends his family on ahead of him. And my brothers and sisters, we know that that night was just a, an awesome night. Because he wrestled with God. Jesus. He wrestled with Jesus. And he's 
hanging on to Jesus and, and he won't let go and, and they're wrestling and, and, and he's putting up such a hard fight. He's hanging on so tightly. He's so determined. I will not let you go until you bless me. Let me go because it's about to be daylight. Let me go. I will not let you go until you bless me. And he was not prevailing, so he touched him. And remember, he, he caused his hip to come out of socket. And, and he said, he, you know, Jesus said to him, What is your name? Did Jesus know his name? Yes. Yeah. You say it. What is your name? I'm going to read it to you. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men. You have struggled with God and with men. And have prevailed. Then Jacob said, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. Jesus blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You know my name. Why are you asking my name? You know who I am. My brothers and sisters, man, we know who he is. We know who he is. Why, why, are we, why are we puzzled? Why are we looking for different things? Why are we going to other places? Why are we you know, searching for that, that preacher, that, 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 that shaman, that whoever, that anointed one, this one, that one, the other one? We know who he is. His name is Jesus. That's where we go to be blessed. That's where we go for our sustenance. That's where we go for our healing. That's where we go for our material things. That's where we go for our everything. Jesus, we know who He is. And He knows who you are. But you see, Jacob, his whole life, he was living as Jacob. He was living as Jacob. He was trying to do it his way. He was trying to short-circuit what God had already had planned. I'm going to do it this way. This way seems right. This way, I'm going to get it done. This is the way I know. Wasn't working for him. He had to get into that place where he was in a very tight spot. But listen, let me... You know, he still knew who God was. But how did he know? Abraham and Isaac. I want to tell again, you guardians, you parents, man, you better keep staying the course. You better keep making sure that you're, you are prevailing as it comes to your wrestling match that you have going on because you have some children that are in your watch care. And man, we have a couple of generations right now who don't know who God is. They think that that God, all He is, is rock concerts and lights and smoke and, and you know, everybody feels good and He's your bio, pal, your buddy, your friend. No! There is a God who is above all things and even when it looks bad, He's right in the middle of it with you. And even if you feel bad, it doesn't matter how you feel because we walk by... No, that's why. No, see, and that, that's what the whole everything, the whole thing is built on. Everything, the platform of the church today is is all about the here and now. You're supposed to feel good now. Everything. If you're not, then God is not with you. You're doing something wrong. No, it's not that way. It's not that way at all. He was in a tight spot, and God already had a plan for his life. He was in a tight spot. No, we got to stop walking by sight and feelings and start walking by faith, knowing who He is, that He has a plan for your life. 
He didn't, listen, He didn't raise you up in Jesus just to abandon you and see how you do. No. He called you by name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, look, look. Let's jump ahead a little bit. Let's jump. Let's, 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 let's go to Peter. Peter's name wasn't Peter. Peter's name was Simon. How do I know that? I'm smart. No, because I read. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus was the one who surnamed him Peter. It, it also says, remember that time where, where you know this, I know because we've said it together, but who do they say that I am? Oh, well, some say you're this, some say you're that, some say you're the other. Who do you say that I am? I say that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. His name was not Peter. Because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. You've gotten rhema from heaven. You just got a word from God. And I know when you said that, you weren't just placating me, Peter. I know when you said that, you weren't just making something up because you, you thought it might make me feel good to hear that. I know that you were speaking from your heart. And because you were speaking from your heart, your name now is Peter. You're the piece of the rock. And upon that kind of rhema, upon that kind of belief in the Word of God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Simon became Peter. Changed his name because there was a different destiny that he had for him. And it was the destiny that was birthed to him even before the beginning of the earth. Hallelujah. 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 Now, listen. After this, did Peter immediately... Okay, I got it now. Did he leave there? And when he left there, did he go out and start preaching and teaching the gospel? No. Did he go out after that? Were people throwing people in the street so that his shadow could fall on them? No. No. No, there was still this process that had to take place. There was still something that had to happen. There was, still, there was still this process. There was still this stuff that he had to go through, that, he, that, that Jesus and him had to walk through. There was still some revelation. There was still some power that had to be endured from him uh, from on high. There was still some, some stuff that, that had to happen. There was still some teaching. There was still some word. There was still some power that had to be transferred. Jesus said to him on the night that he was arrested, before that, at the end of the last supper, toward the end of the evening, he says to him, listen, Peter, when you've returned to me, when you've returned to me, strengthen your brothers. Lord, I'm ready to go with you right now. Peter, uh -uh, you ain't ready. You ain't ready. You're not ready for the first string yet, Peter. You still got to watch the, the first string. A little while longer. Just a little while. You still got to watch the first string. You still got to watch how it's done from the bench just for a little while longer. But when you've returned, hallelujah. Peter, 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 when you've returned, strengthen your brothers. I've got an assignment for you, Peter. Not Simon. Simon's dead. Did you hear that? Simon's dead. Peter. I've got an assignment for you so that after you've returned to me, strengthen your brothers. So this process had to take place. This, this, this circuit, this course had to take place. Tony, would you put that slide on there? The notebook? 
when I was looking for, man, I was looking, I always, I always want to give you guys illustrations to kind of help out. And I, I'm just, man, there was some circuit boards that were blown up and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking about my old uh, computer electronic days and stuff like this. But anyway, look, closed circuit. These are types of circuits. A circuit is complete. Electricity flows like it should. Let's just say that's God's plan worked out. I'm following God's plan. Open circuit. Circuit is incomplete. Electricity doesn't flow. I'm not following God at all. In fact, I'm not even trying to short-circuit the plan. I'm just not in line with His plan at all. I'm just living life the way I want to live it, period. Open circuit. But here's where we want to go. Short-circuit. Circuit is complete through an unplanned shortcut. Electricity flows where it shouldn't. Dangerous parts can get hot, start fires, or even explode. I saw that, and and man, that, that, that just sung to me. Man, how many times in my life did I go ahead and look for a shortcut? I'm going to try and help. Listen, even Abraham and Sarah tried to have a shortcut. And look at what happened. We're still looking at the results of their shortcut right here, right now. A lot of the problems that, are, that they're having in the Middle East are because of that shortcut. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Listen, you know what? Let's help God out a little bit. You know, this ain't happening like He promised so you can have my handmaiden. You know, we'll have, she'll be our surrogate and then we'll have the baby through. And, and man, just, it happened. And we're still suffering the consequences of it today. But Abram loved that. Abraham loved that young man. And he prayed for Ishmael. And Ishmael was blessed because of Abraham. Because God promised, your offspring are going to be blessed. You're going to be the father of many nations. <laughs> Look at the stars. You see how many stars there are in the sky? Yep, that's going to be all your, the, the, the offspring that you're going to have. Look at this. It's going to be like the sand on the beach. And then when we got grafted in as born-again Christians, wow, wow, Abraham's family is huge, isn't it? But they tried to short-circuit what God had planned, and it blew up. But God still remained faithful and true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. But how many times did I do that? When I was a baby Christian, trying to get to high school before I even completed middle school in the spirit. Right? How many things that I thought that I understood that I really didn't? My knowledge was here, but I thought it was here. Come on. How many times did I make that mistake? God has a plan. And you know what? Sometimes, here's here's what happens, y'all. Sometimes the plan, like with uh, Abraham and Sarah, the plan doesn't look like it's working. It's not happening on my timetable. Or there's some pain and suffering going on right here. I don't like what I'm going through right now. There's some emotional stuff that I'm going through. There's some, there's some, there's some battles that I find myself right in the middle of. And man, I, so I got to find how I can, you know, maybe work, work my way around this a little bit. You know, the job is killing me. So I know what I'll do. I'll just quit my job. You better make sure God is telling you to quit your job because there might not be another one at the back door and then you're going to have a time where you're going to be praying like you never prayed before and you listen and you're asking amiss. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I'm going to pray that God will pay the bills. God, just put that envelope in the mail. God, just put the money. Well, God was providing through that job that you just quit. But you quit because it wasn't going your way. You were feeling a little uncomfortable. Well, you don't know, Tony. They talk about me. Join the club. And if, if Jesus would say the same thing, look, they hated me. They mistreated me. Why should you be different? So my brothers and sisters, look, you know, we're looking for that, that, that short circuit, that shortcut. I'm uncomfortable right now. Man, I, something ain't... No, no, what we got to do, we look at that story, we look at what Jacob did. He got a hold of God and he hung on and he was not letting go. I am not letting go of you until you bless me. You are my source. You are the one. You are the only one that could provide everything that I need. You are the only one. You know what? I love my wife, but she can't give me what God can give me. Man, does she make me happy? Absolutely makes me happy. And she is from God. She's a blessing from God. But I want to tell you, and she would say the same thing. If it came right down to it, if she ever said me or God... And, it, and I know she would say the same thing. If I ever said to her, it's me or God, Tony's gone. Tony's gone. And that's just the way it should be. But man, God, man, I can't look for another human being or another person or another source. God is my source. I'm not letting go of you, Jesus, until you bless me. And I don't care if I have to sit in this pulpit or I have to sit at this altar or whatever. I'm not going to... Man, do we have that kind of sense of urgency? Do we have that kind of desire, that kind of <clears throat> intestinal fortitude where we're just going to do it? No. Quite frankly, no. So we're raising a couple of generations of kids that doing the same thing, only different. What do you mean? Well, they're going to go to a peaceful, easy-feeling easy kind of facility, and they're going to listen, but they're not going to be told, you've got to get a hold of God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. And He wants you to look just like Him. <laughs> what about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul. We know he's killing the church. He is, he is destroying the church. And, and now he's on the road to Damascus to get him some more Christians. And Jesus knocks him down and says, Paul, or Saul, Saul then, why are you persecuted? Who are you, Lord? Who are you? I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. Did Paul get revelation in that moment, yeah, he's getting some revelation. And then he receives a word from Jesus. Go in and see this, and I'm going to send somebody to you. Your, your sight's going to be recovered. I'm, I'm, I'm going to blind you right now, uh, Saul. I'm going to blind you right now so that I can open your spiritual eyes. I'm going to blind you to your own thoughts, your own religion, your own wisdom, this human concocted stuff. I'm going to blind you so now you're going to have to go to me so that you'll really know what is real, that you'll know the truth. You'll be able to recognize something different than you can perceive with your own knowledge, your own understanding. I'm going to give you something different, something beyond yourself. And so he goes and then Ananias goes and speaks to him, lays hands on him, ministers to him, baptizes him. Now after that meeting, did Paul immediately go out there and start preaching and teaching? Teaching. No. I'm going to read to you out of Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me, Paul, from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him 
among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with the flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother." Okay, what, what did you do, Paul? So you get all this revelation. Jesus tells you where to go. You, you, you're miraculously now, you have your eyes opened. And so what did you do? You went to Arabia. You remained in that area. Went back and forth to Arabia. And for three years, what did he do? Man, he got with Jesus. He got with Jesus. He was ministered to by Jesus. He got revelation of Jesus. Do you remember the two on the road to Emmaus? Remember, they were, they were walking away. They were going to Emmaus, obviously. Jesus walks up on them. He doesn't let them see who he is. He, he keeps from them his identity. And they're talking. He says, what is it that you're talking about? And so they explain, where have you been? And they explain to him all the things that have happened. But remember, this is the testimony. After Jesus revealed himself, after he opened up their eyes, after he, listen, after he gave them eyes to see, spiritual eyes to see, they knew who he was. And then when they were going back and they were testifying, didn't our hearts burn within us when he opened all the scriptures to us? Paul, for three years, I believe my brothers and sisters, he was out there getting revelation from Jesus. All of those scriptures that he was so learned in, those things that he knew from the time that he was knee-high to a grasshopper, growing up at the feet of Gamaliel, the best universities, the best tutors, he grew up and he had to learn what that really meant. Now he has spiritualized. Jesus is now teaching him and opened up the scriptures to him, so now he has revelation, not according to Gamaliel, not according to the Jewish faith, but according to what saith the Lord God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't say, okay, now I'm ready. Okay, Ananias, turn me loose. Jesus saves. No. There's this process. There's this thing that has to be worked out. But we want to short-circuit the process. Hallelujah. There was a guy... Uh, it, it, remember Philip the evangelist, one of the deacons who was very, who God had an anointing on. He went to Samaria, and and revival broke out in Samaria. Maybe the spirit fell on Samaria. People were getting saved in Samaria. Word gets back to the to the uh, apostles in Jerusalem, so they send John and Peter up so that they could receive the Holy Ghost. And when Simon the sorcerer, he was already saved and baptized, but he saw then the power of the Holy Spirit falling on these Samaritans as uh, they were having hands laid on them. So he offers to Peter and John, give me, let me buy this power from you so that when I lay my hands on people, they'll receive this Holy Spirit as well. And Peter cursed him. Peter, ain't no way, baby. No. No. See, there's this process. And here we go. We do the same thing, don't we? God, I'm going to work harder for you so that I can have more of your power. God, I'm going to put more in the offering boxes so that I can have more of what you have. Come on now. See, I know you're quiet and I know some of you don't like what I just said. Too bad. That's the truth. The truth is, if I can do more, if I could do what I feel comfortable doing, I got a lot of money, so I'll throw some more in the, bu- in the back and I'll have some more favor with God. God will give me favor. God will, God will give me more power. I'll have more of the Holy Ghost. I'll be able to... No, it doesn't work that way, my brothers and sisters. We cannot short-circuit, take the shortcut. God has called you to something. 
and trying to buy it ain't going to get it. You got to grow in him. You can't buy it with your money. You can't buy it with, uh, with, with any goods, material possessions. You can't, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not even going to be able to buy it with your good works. You can't buy it. You cannot. You have to have fellowship with him. Well, Tony, I hear you preach all the time that, you know, he's got, yes, good works. He has, he has assigned us good works before the foundation of the earth that we should walk in them. Isn't that scriptural? Absolutely. That's scriptural. But not the good works that we determine. It's the good works that he's determined. See, we can't do just what we feel comfortable doing. We can't do what we think is right. We got to do what he says to do. Oh my gosh. I heard a preacher preach one time about this guy who was really serious about prayer and all this. And, and, and he was saying something that, you know, the guy um, was, was having an affair. But he, he boasted to this minister about, yeah, but, you know, we pray together, this woman that he's having an affair with, but we pray together and really God is ministering to us. And the, the preacher said, no, he's not. You know, all of that ministry that you think you're doing, that's not God. How do you know that? I mean, how you, because you cannot be living in adultery and think that God is working works for you. It does not work that way. Amen. It doesn't work that way. No, I'm short-circuiting everything. I'm not going to have His favor. I'm not going to go ahead and do this thing and then He's going to look the other way on this where it's not as bad. Well, I'm going to pray before I have this affair. Really? And that's going to make it okay? I don't know what Bible you're reading, but it ain't the one that I'm reading. I cannot buy favor with God. I cannot put enough money in those boxes. I cannot donate as, uh, any of my time. I can't give this to charity, that charity, walk this, run that, do this, do that. None of it means a hill of beans unless I'm going on the path that He's called me to. Amen? Amen. There's no short sir. I know another, there was another group of guys, seven sons of Sceva. Remember them guys? Man, they see the power of God working. They see this ministry of Christians. They see this stuff happening. So now they think that they're going to go ahead and cast out some demons too. So they say to this person that's possessed by a demon, we command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches to come out. That demon answers them right back. Well, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? and commences to put a whooping on them. Opens up the can of you-know-what and whoops them. And man beats them so bad that they go out into the streets naked and embarrassed. I don't want to be that. I'm not going to go ahead and know Him from afar or go ahead and operate according to my own will or according to my own plan. Well, you see what happens now. I'm a more mature Christian, you see. So I should be doing those things. No, you should be doing the things that God has called you to do. And if you're short... And maybe God has called you to do that. Maybe, God, maybe there's a demon casting out somewhere in your future. But if it ain't now, maybe you're going to end up just like one of those seven sons of Sceva. Embarrassed. You may not be running in the street naked. Thank God. But you're going to end up embarrassed. Or worse, you're going to bring a reproach to the kingdom. See, we don't care about bringing a reproach to the kingdom. I don't, want to I don't want to embarrass me. I don't want to embarrass my family. But least of all, I don't want to embarrass Christ. Amen. I do not want to bring a reproach to His kingdom. Are you, are you hearing me? You okay, serious? I didn't mean to preach so hard, son. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? God bless. Listen, I'm going to say some things you already know. But hear me, please. 
Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Again, you've heard me preach this and teach this. Who, what else of his creation did he say that about? None. None. He has created us for his purpose, for his plan. And he's created us for worship and fellowship with him. He created us in his likeness and in his image. There's a reason for that. He is love. He needed somebody to love on. And he wanted someone that would recognize it and love him back. Not because they had to, but because they wanted to. That's why he showed us how he loved us and poured out all his blood. Poured out every bit of it to show us that he loved us. Satisfied the requirements of his own law. Fulfilled and paid the price that you and I could not pay because he loved us. And he created us for his purpose. For his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan and a purpose for everybody. Everybody. God has ordained or initiated some works for you and I to walk in. I don't want to short-circuit His plan. I don't want to get ahead of Him. I don't want to go ahead and think that I'm something that I'm not. But at the same time, I want to think exactly who I am in Him. Does that make sense? Did that come out right? Listen, I don't want to think that I'm something that I'm not, but I want to have spiritual eyes to, to see who He's called me to be and then walk in that. He's called me, listen, He's called me to be like Him. He's called me to walk like Jesus walked. That's where my focus and attention has to be. And that will lead me around that circuit that He's called me to. Specifically me. He's called you too. Your circuit may not be the same circuit, but that's okay. Do you know that there are uh, many different circuits, like in those computers that we have right there, they're, they're electronic, and they have many different circuits. The circuits are, you know, real complex. And now what makes it even, they, they, they have them so small. And it's all those computers work by a series of charges and no charges. There's gates that open and close based on, you know, binary and, and hexadecimal number systems. These gates that open and close, charge, no charge. Are you hearing me? I, I, listen, I mean, but what I'm saying to you is, but all of those different circuits work together in order to produce the result. He's called you, and He has mapped out a circuit for you. He's called me, and He's mapped out a circuit for me. He's called each and every one of us, and all of this together completes this thing. And it performs, and it does according to what He's ordained for it to do. Not me, not you, us together according to His will. Amen? Amen. Amen. So so watch. What happens... When something short circuits, when you short circuit something, does it do what it's been ordained to do? No. Fires. There's secondary things that happen. There, there explodes. Remember that thing that we had up there? Remember that thing that we had up there? It could have caused an explosion, well, but it's not going to do what it was called to do. 
It's not going to do what it was intended to do. We can't short-circuit anymore. We can't go ahead and feel pressure or feel, you know, maybe sad in in an area or uncomfortable and then make that, I'm going to go ahead and bypass this gate that God had for me to go through. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go walk around this, this, this little thing that God had here for me. Well, he had it there for you because he needed you to have that experience. He wanted you to have that experience so that you would look to him to go through that, to help you through that. And then once you've gone through that, your faith would have been made a little bit stronger. You see, because there maybe was a, a demon casting out thing that he had for it, or it might just been that you needed to relate to somebody that he's going to have in your path down the road, but now you're not ready for that. Why? Because you short-circuited. You took a shortcut. And now you're not quite ready for that, so he's got to bring somebody else. My brothers and sisters, that's the way it works. When we shortcut or we cause a short circuit, man, we can blow the whole thing up. God will bring somebody else to do that thing which he's accomplished or what he's determined is going to be accomplished. But how sad will I be even when I get to stand before him and know that these things that he had for me that would have been crowns that I could have thrown at his feet. But now I don't have them. Why? Because I sold short. I took the shortcut, short-circuited things in my own life. We don't need to do that. Don't short-circuit the process, man. Sometimes the process is a little bit... I got new shoes. See that? Michelle got me new shoes. Now, they hurt a little bit. That's right. Now, if I put these things back in the closet and never wear them, nope, I'm going to wear them. I'm going to put up with a little bit of that unpleasantness because the result is going to be real good. I'm not going to get used to it. You hear me? I'm not going to get used to it. I'm going to live above it and know there's hope down the road. It's not going to hurt anymore. Down the road, it's not going to hurt anymore. I know that. How do I know that? Because he told me. Amen. 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 Stand with me, please. If you can.